last time we did the format of we're just going to have a discussion. I had some, I think I mentioned that to you, Kevin. I, I think it turned out pretty good. We were just chatting about, about a, about a topic. Uh, it was free flowing. Like, yeah. Free I'd flowing. like to do something similar. So let's, let's t- pick, pick a topic that we think is, you know, worthy of a discussion and let's go. Wing It Podcast, GooseDigital.com, episode 64. Who do we have? Chris O'Neill. Kevin Butler. Michael Turksani. All right. Just a three. three. Just a three today. Just a three. Three pack. Uh, That's okay, right? Well, Robin's at the country house. Yep. I think we've done three before, maybe. A while ago. We are going to have to make her proud. Yeah, we will. We'll definitely do that. Um... So, yeah, we're going to try on this new format. We liked how the last one performed in terms of more of a discussion. We were just, before we started here, we were just discussing um, uh, how a lot of the new prospects that we're talking to in 2021 have identified uh, many different aspects of, uh, of marketing operations and digital marketing that they need, capability gaps, and that we think that also is a good topic uh, for us to riff on around uh, the fact that there are a, a number of skill sets involved in pulling off a successful campaign or, or, or marketing strategy. So I guess we should start with just talking a little bit about what we're seeing on the front lines from a strategy and a sales perspective, because it, you know, um, I guess that's kind of where we, where, where we get the, the, the most, knowledge of kind of how the market is 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 changing over the years so why don't we start there chris you want to leave us off cool yeah i'd love to so you know what's what's really funny sometimes to me now because uh if anyone's been listening to this podcast you've heard jen pugsley talk about how it takes a village which is absolutely true Mm -hmm. so what's funny to me sometimes when an organization is like they're looking for a marketing person it's like (laughs) really a marketing person i mean not that marketing people aren't like you know, that's that's how you start is by getting a marketing person who should be able to tell you that there's a lot of things that you need to be able to do if you're going to basically run a marketing program. Um, and so what's you know, what what's what has has happened over the years is that now we're being approached by organizations that have, you know, some significant growth goals. They have some, uh, you know, new client um acquisition goals they have some customer marketing goals and in order to kind of execute on a strategy of growth you need skills across tech across marketing uh you know uh, marketing software um you need uh you know strategy around what it is that you're you know how it is that you're going going after that market or that that's you know piece of the market or whatever it is that you're going after um and it's just you know they're they're coming to us with uh uh really a laundry list it's no longer hey uh you guys run you can you guys help us with our hubspot it's like yeah that's one piece of it but you know we have mm-hmm. to start somewhere and you know it, it's like we've got probably four or five different sort of personalities of organizations that are all in growth mode that have pieces missing the gaps are it's not like one gap it's like there might be three or four 
and being able to sort of assess where it is and how it is that that we can put that sort of uh, list of of work together and a cadence of being able to accomplish it that really makes the difference. Well, what is the what? Can we talk maybe a bit about the talent gap? Like, because I mean, I don't know how many times this is like we are in situations where people leave. You know, the, the in the marketing department, right? Well, okay, so talent gaps can be a few things, though. It could be the uh, depth of discipline within marketing just doesn't exist because it's a, a new thing they're trying to do, a new strategy, new initiative, whatever. Mm. But those talent gaps could also be a result of the marketplace today for talented marketers is as competitive as ever. And there are definitely companies out there who are willing to pay more for it. Perhaps they're they're really well-funded or perhaps they've just had a killer year and can afford to go big on a really talented hire, but it's really hard to go hire and then retain that talent, which is part of this mix too. And I think part of the, the, you know, just to talk about the retention or maybe the marketing, um, the, the current landscape of, of, of jobs and the movement that we tend to see in, in these roles is that like, why is that? Like, I think, why are you in an organization for less than a year as maybe a demand gen or an MOP specialist a year, call it a year, and then you go somewhere else. And I, and I know part of it's like, there's those, there's organizations out there that are spending money or they've raised money. So they're just throwing at it, right? They're just, we got to set up our team. we got to get all these pieces in place, but it would strike me as at some point you look at, and we see it because we're part of these, we're part of supporting these clients in some cases uh, getting to where they're trying to go, that it, it's such, it's such a challenging process to drive marketing performance, you know, and our, and our new, you know, tagline and mantra is really zeroing in on this, this marketing performance as a, as a, as a theme. Right. And you think, a lot of times they're not driving marketing performance. They're doing things and they can't as an organization really look at their team and their activities and their energies and, 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 you know, feel good about it and say, wow, are we ever driving a pipeline and look at the revenue that we're contributing to. And it's such a road that even if you go hire four or five people and or eight people and you're, you're technically firing on cylinders like you've got your demand gen and you're publishing content, but you know, y- it takes time to figure out how that's going to perform. What do you need to do to change? And at some point the people in there are just like, I, maybe I'll just go to the next thing and maybe they've got a better brand presence or they've got more momentum and that'll be a different type of run. And that's exciting. Well, so the, I think there are so many variables here. It's not, it's certainly not just one thing that's causing it, but when you think about marketing expectation, I think there's two aspects of that that could be, um, part of the explanation. And one could be the expectations is marketing owns more of the ongoing journey than ever before. And for some organizations, that's actually a really hard adjustment to try to adapt into. And so that could cause some perhaps more old school thinking marketers say, ah, I'm not really down with this. I want to go somewhere else. It's more suited for me and what I want to do. So it could be that. And it could be the actual opposite as well, where they say, look, I get where marketing's going and the role it's got to be playing and driving the organization mm-hmm. forward. And this company doesn't seem to be doing it quick enough. And I want to go find somewhere that's pro marketing tech heavy. It allows me to get into the tools and drive a level of scale. So it could be a, a few things there, including those. 
I, I think I think you're right. Sorry, Chris, I know you want to weigh in too. I, I also think that we, we've maybe touched on this before, maybe not on the podcast, like so direct, but in other conversations we've had that like, marketing is hard, you know, and I think as a, as a, as a, as a, you, you as a specialist in the space and you, you, you know, the, the, the people that we would interact with um, at our client sites that are part of the programs, you know, at some point they wake up or at some point they, they, they come out of bed and they realize as they're talking to their bosses and they're talking to their teams that, oh, the things that I'm doing actually have to drive value. I can't just yep. build an email. I want to just build an email and I want to build a nurture drip and I want to build an app. And I just, I just want to do that. Don't talk to me about it performing. And there's a, there's a yep. moment when so many of these people get pressure from their, whether, Hey, you know what? The CMO changed over. Now there's a new regime coming in and they're getting pressure and that pressure rolls downhill. Not in a, not in a, Hey guys, we got to go make this happen guys and gals. Right. right. But more of a, Ooh, we, I can feel that we, I'm feeling it. And I'm feeling a little bit of that now that we For have sure. to drive some pipeline. We have to drive some value. I thought I could just build emails. And then they're like, you know what, I'll just go, yeah. I'll go to the next company that just raised yeah. money and I'll go play around in there for a year and a bit until they wake up and realize that they need to drive, that I need to drive value or whatever. But I, there's gotta be a piece of that because we see these marketing accountability. Fold. That's yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Well, in the last, definitely in the last, uh, even the last 18 months, I would say where, where previous to that, it was like marketing drive leads. And it was like the quotas were all about how many leads were driven and it'd be high fives and everything about, Oh, we drove a hundred leads. They'd get to sales and sales would be like, like, this is, this is not a lead. Like, you know, it's like the old joke of, Hey, like we've got another 50 people that signed up for our webinar. And it's like, okay, well, I mean, that is, that is, those are webinar attendees. Those might not be leads. Like I'm not saying automatically if they attended a webinar that they're not a lead because we've got, you know, evidence and, and uh, uh, anecdotal information about, about how it is that you can take those, uh, those webinar, uh, those webinar, uh, attendees and turn them into leads and sort of advance those conversations but it doesn't automatically mean that they're a lead and they're ready to talk but in the last 18 months i think the pressure is on to be able to sort of drive pipeline and marketing yeah. uh driven pipeline is the new metric i don't know what the new met the metric is going to be in 18 months but when suddenly you have been driving leads for the last five years and that was okay and you were getting paid for that and now all of a sudden you have to actually drive revenue that is a completely different well, kind of kettle of fish it's it's to me it's it's the next evolution of sales and marketing alignment and that sounds all buzz termy and i know that's everywhere out there but before what the scenario that you described chris is what i would loosely reference maybe 2005 to 2015 2020 it was sort of like the sales is on one side of the room marketing is on the other and they're sort of chucking things over the fence and it's just not sticking because marketing says, hey, this met our criteria and sales says, well, we can't sell to them. And so the next level of accountability isn't here's an MQL, it's is there actually an opportunity here? So that makes sense. And I think from a marketer's perspective, when they've always been working towards these numbers, I drove five MQLs off this thing this week pat self on back and think, hey, that's a great job done. It's a lot harder now. And Mike, this goes back to your point, a sort of realizing that email I built kind of didn't do anything, 
right? And, and it's, it's, it takes a mature individual. And I think everyone's been there where they say, well, I didn't feel very good. I didn't really like admitting that that thing I did that I was really proud of was ineffective towards contributing towards pipeline and hopefully revenue closed. Yeah, and I think, you know, with, especially when you're a creative individual, which I think a, a lot of marketers yeah. are to some level, right? They may not be doing the graphical creative, but they're part of a, of a, of a set of people that tend to, to lean in the creative end of the spectrum. And now you're saying, oh, well, that, that email that I built or that nurture campaign, it, like they get attached to it, right? And I don't blame them. Like you're attached to that thought process again, and you realize, oh, now I'm being measured on really looking at how it performed um, and then they're like, well, you know, is this some other problem? Is this our pro like, this isn't my problem. Right. I, I do that's think a the, hard, that's a hard adjustment. Yeah. Um, for sure. I think on the subject of adjustment though, I do think the new era of marketing is being much more dynamic about what you're doing and why you're doing it, recognizing things move quicker and what worked yesterday may not today. But I do think there's a level and you can probably say this with any profession. It just so happens we're all here talking about marketers and, and our marketers, but I, I think a lot of individuals get into a role and they want to feel a level of predictability in what they're doing, comfort doing it, and get into a bit of a routine. But the problem is that gets stale, especially in the way that the world moves today and how fast things change. And so you have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable as far as trying new things and not just going back to the same playbook that worked five, six, maybe even 10 years ago. Oh, I, yeah. I, re I really yeah. like that point you made yeah. about, you know, being comfortable and comfortable or just even the sense that like the shift of, or maybe it's a maturation of the, of this type of digital marketing now and what it really means to an individual that works in that environment. And, mm -hmm. you know, even what you said about getting into a routine, because I think there's, I think a lot of people get into marketing. They've maybe gone to school a bit and they're, they're savvy on technology uh, they, they start to, you know, get their certifications within the programs or whatever it is that they're the, the SaaS platforms that they're, that they're using and, and they're decent at it, but then they, then there's this, well, wait a second, like this environment's crazy, you know? And I think right, for right. many organizations, it, it, it's crazy. It's not like just the hyper growth. So there's, the, there's a lot of demand that's being put to your point on these marketing teams to perform. And they're like, Whoa, is this for me? I think that's a great point because I think a lot of people will look at the hyper growth companies and, and they know what those are from an environment and dynamics changing. But what we are seeing is the next tier down, possibly the next two tiers down of, well, we're not hyper growth, we have steady growth and we're in transforming industries ourselves. And that's where a lot of the change is now happening. And it's at rates or paces they haven't really experienced or been used to. And then, you know, they get their backs up saying, I can't handle this. This is nuts. I barely figured out last quarter. And now you're telling me you got to figure out this quarter and um, yeah. it's hard. But what the, but the change though, Kev, is, is in what the consumer, what the, uh, the visitor is actually expecting. So it's like, whether you're in hyper growth or whether you're, you know, second or third tier, it's like, you still have this changing dynamic of the person who's coming to the website, coming to you know, get to know your brand, getting to know whatever, and all the numbers are different. All the budgets that were good enough to kind of get someone in the door and get a salesperson on the phone with them five years ago, mm -hmm. seven years ago, whatever the case may be, they're not looking to talk to sales. Like well, they don't I'd, I'd add to that too. The, the yeah. channels and touches are different too. Like 
think back to Google yep. AdWords 10 years ago, it's sure. not even the same interface. It's barely even the same tool. And so these yeah. things are changing. And the good news is they offer more ability to segment and target and to get closer to your audience. The bad news is you don't really know how it works. You're going to have to sink your teeth in to learn. And, I, and I think the other it. part of the bad news, and it goes to the, you know, when the pivots are too rapid, um, is that many of these organizations are, they're, they're, they're changing their, the way they go about it is it puts a lot of dip, uh, extra workload on the team. So let's say it's, you know, we're going to come up with a new website. We're going to change right. our branding. And then three months or four months later, well, we're going to go and address this market. And we're not prepared. We don't have the foundation to handle that type of pivot. Right. So what right. does that mean? Well, it's things like, okay, we can, we can wrap our head around templates. Well, have you actually structured out your templates you know, in a way that you can off the shelf in more cases, you know? So sometimes that means taking a bit more time to get the stuff in order so that you can move faster down the road, but you have to know all the pieces. And it includes things like something as simple as, you know, we went through our new website, every single one of our open graph image for, for social media sharing, you know, we wanted to have those under a certain template, but now go, we can share at will, we can do all that type of stuff at will. We've got all kinds of templates that occur, you know, and, you know maybe we'll adjust those templates in six months, but we'll do it at the template level. But you know right? what though? That's we, won't, a... we won't just pivot onto a campaign and force everybody to go uh, be adjusting 30, 40, 50 pieces of assets, right? On a whim. But that view um, is something some organizations lack because we're pretty used to these dynamic environments. And, and well, you guys are marketers. Change. Like, so yeah. Can you imagine trying to sell that Mike, to somebody who's been like a yeah. sales leader, like his yeah. whole or career? What about a, what about a marketing sort of pedigree where you just haven't seen that kind of change that quickly? They're not thinking like that. In fact, they're almost like so deep in the weeds. They just can't stick their heads up. Like you're saying to say, no, 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 we need a more uh, like macro or bigger view on Picture, this. And yeah. so it's really hard for them to remove themselves and say, hey, hey how is this actually going to work moving forward in, in the bigger picture? I, I think that's a really tough thing. So like you've got, you know, uh, an unfair advantage of sorts in that you can do that because you're very used to that. But what about these organizations or industries that just haven't seen that kind of shift or dynamics? I think it goes to, to sort of like the, the cascade effect is that you get a lot of movement in sort of mid and, and um, kind of junior level marketing because they get into those situations. They realize that they're trying to sort of answer to the man, um, you know, and it's well, like, and it's, it, it's very, and it, yeah, exactly. It's, I mean, it's extremely challenging. I, I can imagine. And, and we've seen it, right. Very, there's pressure from the president, there's pressure from sales and, and CEO and all that type of stuff to be able to move this thing forward. The, maybe there's a marketing leader trying to insul, insul, insulate the team to some degree. So yeah, I mean, it's not like it's a it's it's all bad, but I think that there is well, it's a, exciting. It's yeah. exciting. I, I think that there's a there, but the to your point, the cascade effect is also that um, each of these areas are now pretty deep. In and like of themselves that you said before the podcast, you know, Kev, I mean, even these tools, I mean, even if you had a unicorn, they wouldn't have enough time in a day to do it all. Right. Right. So, yeah. so you, you got these capabilities, they're pretty deep. Even if you're trying to launch a small number of things, because you don't, you don't feel like your business requires, you know, massive amounts of, 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 of resource at the moment, but let's call it a headcount. Well, all of a sudden that headcount needs to know all the stuff to do it well. And, um, 
and you need to know how how to how to plan and operate your your uh, volumes within that, right? So you're not getting too far ahead of yourself in any one area. Yeah, you know, well, speaking it, of pressures, though, sorry, Chris. Um, yeah. Speaking of pressures, one that you didn't actually mention is external pressures, and what I mean there is the level of competition. Like, Mike, you and I had this kind of conversation. I don't even know what we're talking about, but we we're talking about how nowadays. The, the level of competition in any single market mm. is exponentially greater than ever before. Sure. Like think of one niche technology play that you think you could conceive yeah. a solution for. I bet you there are four or five similar vendors already that have great looking websites, decent yeah. to great value props. They're well-funded. Like it's impossible. Like yeah. I, there is no space that you could carve out today and say, we will immediately be dominant okay. and the leader yeah. because there is no one else feel a little bit a little bit sorry a little bit tiny sorry for the guys that sort of made it when um when all you needed to do is to have kind of like a business card website because they are faced now with needing to understand well enough what the tech stack will do to kind of drive uh you know drive awareness and then actually build it what they haven't figured out yet is how much money they need to spend on it so all the shifts from from the kinds of of things that you were hiring for five or ten years ago have completely like that 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 just is is not going to work anymore and you need to shift away from what it is that that was was good enough back then to something that is completely new and so without a uh and a uh, a marketing leader that is uh empowered to kind of change the budget you know change all the the proportions of budget to uh, to attend to what needs to be done like it's just going to be a it's going to be a, a drag for anybody that comes in there to too small a marketing team without the right sort of level of knowledge to kind of make it work. They leave. Big surprise. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know, uh, Kevin, I think you got a hard stop too, right? I mean, this conversation can go on and on because it, it's such a fascinating one. It's the shift is real. Um, there are so many dynamics at play. I do think it is rooted in um, buyers across virtually every industry are mm -hmm. more mature in how they buy technology and channels have evolved. And as a result, the marketing sort of palette of skills has to be so much greater, not only in keeping up with how to sell to your audience and how to engage them, but what are the tools that are required to do so and how can they actually fit in yeah. to those, like the bigger picture business objectives. Yeah. Even if, even if you're not looking to, you know, leverage it for growth, let's say, cause I think it's like a, it layers on top of the prerequisites, which are, you have to have enough of a digital presence, enough content, mm -hmm. enough clean website, enough, all that stuff needs to be there in many ways. I know there's some arguments around driving ads and, you know, you can kind of skip some of that stuff, but I think for the most part, you know, you need that base. And just if you said, we don't really care too much about growth, like we're happy with our, the way things are going in our business, but we need a, we need an adequate digital presence. That digital presence piece alone is a, uh, is a full-time job for most, most organizations to, to get right and, and, and keep it fresh and exciting. So yeah, there's a great, great, uh, great discussion. I like the new format. That's fun. Yeah. Like it. I mean, I don't know what our listeners are going to, 
I don't know what Rob. Well, we missed Robin today. I don't know what she, you know. She would have definitely had something to add there. There too, you know. On the we didn't even talk about like her favorite topic of data. So that was yeah. another sort of that's another piece well, that then we, didn't we can even, add another yeah. one of these similar yeah. types of things next. Have time. to get her to weigh in on the on the data side of this uh, conversation. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's another element that kind of didn't come up. But, but yeah. All right, gents. All right. Until next time. Yeah. Peace out. Peace. All right. And cut. That good, Cam? Yeah, good stuff there. Lots awesome. to work with. Nice awesome. job, guys. Yeah, That's thank fun. you for pulling that together. Sorry for the tar the tardy nardiness. Chris, clean that SOW up. You bet. Otherwise, Thanks, Cam. Otherwise, you know what's going to happen. I, I, I know. You mentioned it earlier. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye, guys. Thanks, thank guys. you, Cam. Nice, Cam. Thanks, Cam. See ya. Bye.